Every gamer has that one game they want all of their friends to play. Maybe it's old. Maybe it's new. Maybe it's obscure. Or maybe it's the game that everyone is playing. Whatever it is, it's that one game you love to talk about. Join us as we ask each other to try this game. All right, Farron, do you like ghosts? Yeah. Yeah. About yeah. psychic experiments and uh, teenage children wrecking houses. Are we reviewing Stranger Things? No, we're actually talking about Beyond Two Souls. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> Beyond Two Souls, starring Elliot Page and Willem Dafoe, was released on October 3rd, 2013, and premiered at the Tribeca Film Festival. Uh, this film was made on a... I'm, sorry wrong podcast uh this yeah. game was produced by quantic dream it was published by sony entertainment and quantic dream as a joint uh joint venture and it's available ex- almost exclusively on sony consoles but it was recently released on windows so you can find it on the ps3 ps4 and on the pc this is a uh, a huge interactive drama with a gang of different story storylines that can be played out in it and when i said it was premiered at the trebeca film festival i wasn't kidding this is the second video game ever to have been recognized by the festival. What was the first? Do you know what? Ha! I probably should have looked that up. <laughs> uh, anyways, so I, I'm pulling a blank on that one. I'm sorry. I don't know what the very first one was, but this is this is credited <laughs> and, and cited on Wikipedia as being the second video game to ever be recognized by the Trevic Film Festival. So stars Elliot Page and Willem Dafoe, and I figured this would be right up your alley because I know how much you love Willem Dafoe. I love him. He's one of my favorite actors. And um, so I also the, like Elliot Page. I, I yeah. really, really like her. Uh, for, for you know, for those who are confused, um, he had not changed to Elliot when this mm-hmm. film, when this movie, or the, uh, this game was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about that. Elliot had not changed his name to Elliot when this game came out, so that it's if there's some confusion there. Um, yeah. But I'm not sure what the the games have done in terms of changing it to his proper name. Um, Honestly, I'm not sure. I think that yeah. I think that in like updated credits, because um, yeah. they can't do that for movies them, because it's a union thing and it becomes yeah. difficult. So you just have to say, okay, we know that Elliot once went by Ellen. Move yeah. on, same actor. It's still the same guy. Yeah. So, so. Why don't you tell me about your experience with this game? Okay, so I knew going into this that it was made by the same... I'm pretty sure it's the same people who did um, Heavy Rain and... and um, Detroit Become Human. Is that Okay, them as well, and yeah. uh, Fahrenheit. Yes. Something or other, yeah. Uh, and this is a movie. It's not a video game. It's, it's a movie with some interactive parts to it. Uh, I played as far as the end of the Embassy thing. Okay. I figured that was a good grasp of the game. And, you know... I almost wish they had just made this like they just went ahead and rendered this as a movie because there's not a ton of gameplay. Like if you want to watch a movie and you'd like to interact it with a, with it a bit, it's pretty cool. Like it's very obvious that this was geared towards people whose boyfriend or girlfriend owned a PS4 and they wanted to try something on it. So this is the game they got. Like it really treats you like you've never played a video game before. You know, what can I do? Oh, there's a glowing thing on that uh, that uh, door handle, I guess. I'll go to the door handle. It's, 
you know, it's very, very basic. It's essentially an interactive movie. I understand why it premiered at a film festival. And look, it's got great actors. Elliot Page, I've been fond of him for, you know, as long as he's been acting. Willem Dafoe is among my favorite actors. I mean, you know, The Last Temptation of Christ, one of my favorite films. He's a great actor and they do a good job. But that's not why I play a game. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, what got me was the story, which is that I've seen it before many many times including stranger things the little girl with the or the little boy what are the you know one of the other who has special powers and government this special you know uh, you know special forces has to control her secret super secret squirrel experiment that and it's you know this reminds me of a movie from the 80s called daryl about a, a an android that looks like a human boy or for god's sakes the kurt russell disney film from the 70s called the the computer war tennis shoes like it's it's the same thing about the the little kid who has the powers who is manipulated and 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 abused to you know because they have that power and it's like i've seen this before i'm curious to find out what uh the ghost is that seems attached to her but other than that it's like if i want to watch this i'm going to go down i'm going to go to youtube i'm going to find someone who's played it that's fair watch you know i mean yeah it's not like the gameplay is never super super intense. It gets yeah. more. It's, it gets a lot more interactive as you go along. Um, mm-hmm. The the very beginning bits are very, very much just introducing story elements um, as opposed to introducing gameplay elements. But like later on, because the game game doesn't play itself out in chronological order. The no. game plays itself you can. out. In this, you have that option. You can, but standardly, when you're just jumping into it. Your your first option is to play it in the original order that the game was intended to be played in, which is this time skip all all over the place. Which makes it more interesting, as far as I'm it, concerned. It, very much so. You're, you're like a, a ten year old child, and then you're in your mid twenties, and then you're back at like I don't know, fifteen, sixteen, and then you're yeah. eight years old, and it's just all all over the place. Yeah. Later on, once you're really into the military side of it, it it really does start to come out a lot more as the the interactive gameplay elements and it does have a compelling uh compelling story i found yes the overarching story is of a trope that we have seen before but the you know the individual characters of jody and aiden are are played out very well and they have a a really they do an exceptional job of creating aiden as a character giving a personality to sorry aiden is the name of the ghost that is attached to jody yeah they do an exceptional job of creating that character and giving them a personality and allowing them to emote without ever being visible or heard Yeah, it it seems. I mean, it seems like it could be an interesting story to watch. But mm-hmm. again, that's that's it. I'd rather just watch sure. it. But I recognize that these games, like they keep making them, so someone's playing them. Heavy Rain was people sneered at it, but yet it sold exceptionally well and was very mm-hmm. well regarded. Even Fahrenheit, which is also sometimes it went by another name at one point. I can't remember what the name of it was. Essentially, you're you're hunting a serial killer in the middle of an extreme cold snap. I think it's in New York, and you know, there's Detroit. Was it called Detroit? Mostly human or become human? Become human. Um, there's a bunch of games like this. A sort of interactive movie. It's a whole genre. And you know what? Yeah. That's fine. It's uh, it's not my thing, but it's a sort of thing where, especially with Detroit, I actually want to watch it as a movie. I'd yeah. like to watch that experience, just not have to play it because gameplay and story have to work together. And we'll talk about that 
in the in the bottom half of this part of this episode with Dishonored. But at the same time, if you're going to tell me this dramatic story with great performances and great dialogue, then don't make me distract myself by having to move a character around. You know, right. let me just watch it. But at the same time, I don't remember we talked about this with Metal Gear Solid 2. Like, at some point, do I get to play the game? Really? Yeah. You know, it's almost the other extreme where you're trapped in a 45-minute cutscene, uh, and then you have to play. Right. Uh, and then this is at the other end where it's you're playing the movie, and I'm honestly not sure. There's got to be a way in the middle there that works, but yeah. Yeah. You but, know, I mean, I... Willem Dafoe, that's not a small act. You know, Elliot Page, those are not small actors. No, no, like, definitely not. Know. Like, this was huge. Like, these, these games by Quantic Dream were... You know, they created this genre, really. I mean, it was the idea of taking the choose-your-own-adventure book from all of our childhoods and yeah. making it a video game. Yeah, it's actually a really good way to describe it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I I mean, I think that at the end of the day, this is a, this is a really great-looking game. Admittedly, yes, it was originally made for the PlayStation 3, but the amount of time that went into it that they put just into the visuals, because you are just watching so much of it, uh, it, it holds up extremely well. I don't think that they wind up hitting that Uncanny Valley mark terribly uh, terribly hard. Um, no, it looked great. The faces yeah. look great. First thing you see is a super close-up of Jody's face, and obviously you're looking at a computer-generated face, but they're on the front half of the uncanny valley before you mm -hmm. dive into it. Yeah. Because I don't think computers have gotten out of the other end of that valley. No. So they avoid it by just backing off a little bit. And you know what? It works. It does. It totally works. Yeah. They they did a fantastic job with that. The audio is great. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that music is cinematic. Oh yeah. Well, it's this is what they what they wanted. It's a, a movie where you're making the decisions for what the characters do next. Yeah, and the camera work is really good too. I was, I was really impressed with that as I was moving Absolutely. it. Like, wow, I feel like I'm controlling a camera in a movie. And that actually interested me quite a bit. I was quite impressed with it. It makes me want to experience more of this game. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Do you, do you think that you're going to go and give it another shot or is this one pretty well done uh, for you? I don't know. I, I might. We'll see. I, at some point, we'll take a crack at it. Maybe when I have a new system in, say, six months, eight months, I'll go and uh, I'll give it a good shot. But one way or the other, I probably will come back to the story, whether it's to play it or to YouTube it. Yeah, that's fair. One way or the other, yeah. And so. I think that I'm going to go and, and finish my playthrough of this again. I've, I've played through this entirely in the past on my PlayStation, and I think I want to do it again. Very I think cool. I want to finish. Yeah, so there it is. There it is. Adam, do you like stabbing people? You know, Farron, the amount of times I've legally had to say no to your questions is concerning <laughs> me even. Yeah. Do you like suddenly sneaking up on people or like blinking from one point to another and then stabbing them brutally? Yes, but actually no. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> well, let's avoid prison for either of us and talk about Dishonored and Dishonored 2. All so right. both of these games 
came from Arcane and they were published by Bethesda, but don't worry, they're not buggy <laughs> because they weren't made by Bethesda. They were made by Arcane. Uh, the first one came out in October of 2012 and then the other one in November of 2016. Uh, I was actually surprised to, to know that uh, Dishonored 2 had come out like f almost five years ago uh, at this point, but I just got it. I think what two months ago, three months ago. Okay. I thought, hey, yeah, I said, hey, let's let's do this. So they're first person stabbers. <laughs> I mean, you do have access to guns, but they're like, I think the best you can manage is like a six shooter. It's that it's um, it's you know, it's sort of your standard fantasy world. It's Earth, but it's not. And think of it sort of a Victorian age. And what makes these games so interesting, first off, is that the it, it handles super well. I'm not sure what engine they used, but you know, it's very, it's really hard because you're moving on ledges of buildings and, and you're balancing on things and it's first person. And that is super hard to get right. And they nailed it. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, the only other game I can think of that where they got the handling this well was star Wars squadrons where they, it just worked out so well. Like they, they managed to tweak it just right. That's why, I knew when Dishonored 2 was announced, it was going to be just as good as the first one because I knew they'd done such a good job. I think the only time I've seen better first-person platforming done was in Mirror's Edge. And I don't know if you ever would have gotten that one, but it oh was a Oh my God, game. no. <laughs> that is the anti-Farron game. Um, I, I kind of figured. Been, oh, I would have been just redecorating the walls, but I know it. And I've, I've, I've heard that they, they did a super good job of it. It was gutsy yeah. making a parkour game in, in first yeah. person. Well, this is parkour as well. I mean, you're not running up the sides of buildings, but it's a lot of platforming. Like, imagine playing Super Mario Brothers first person. That's yeah. kind of what this game is, if yeah. Mario stabbed people and murdered them brutally. You know, the idea of the first game is that you play this guy named Corvo, who is the chief guardian head assassin of the Empress of the Isles, I think it is. It's a really interesting world, and you'll learn a lot about it by mm -hmm. reading diaries and books. And you can, like, you'll find books in the world, and you can usually read three or four pages from each of them. It's very cool. And you come back, and it turns out that you had been sent on a mission to find the cure to a plague, a rat plague that is ravaging this city-state, essentially. And you come back empty-handed, but you've arrived a day early, which is unfortunate, because then you walk into the middle of an assassination. The Empress has killed her daughter, which you'll, like, you'll, actually, I'll leave that. Um, you, you go hunting for her daughter. Of course, you're arrested and you're blamed with her assassination. Of course, you know it's bullshit. Mm -hmm. uh, and it starts with you escaping from prison. And there's this weird, ethereal god sort of thing called the Outsider, who sort of gives you well really powers things like blink which is you know if you play video games you know what blink is it's go from point a to point b without traveling between um i think there's an overwatch character that has that tracer a, yeah yeah and so you'll have access to you know all these different abilities and you know there's a there's a tree you can improve yourself and that sort of thing but it's super super cool it's also brutal as hell if you want to make it brutal yes there are two ways to play this game there's the human cuisinart and then there's, you don't have to kill a single person to win this game. I'm sure you've guessed which one of the two I chose. Um, Obviously, you are yeah. the eternal pacifist. Absolutely. I kill frickin' <laughs> everyone. But it's neat. Like the first like the first uh, boss, quote unquote, that you'll deal with. And these guys aren't really super powerful. They're just the guy at the end. Yeah. Um, it's the warden to the prison who I think is like the head of the their intelligence agency or something. And yeah, you can like gut him like a fish. Or you can brand him in such a way that he is just done. Yeah. Um, that's an option you have. 
Uh, me, I just went for the kill them all approach. But the game is notable for a few reasons. First off, the, the level design reminds me a lot of Titanfall and especially Titanfall 2, mm -hmm. which is that the levels are really, really clever. Yep. And the way you have to go about these missions is also clever. Like the one I always think about, and I think it's the one everyone talks about for the first game, is you have to kill these twin sisters who are right. in their hiding in their mansion, which, okay, fine, but it's a masquerade ball and everyone has porcelain masks on. Yeah. So you can do what I did, which is walk in and just murder, you know, everyone who's not you. Or you can sort of, I mean, first I, I, I zeroed in on the first of the twins and then gutted her and then went from there. But, you know, it came to the point where I was having to go room to room to see if there was anyone still alive. But <laughs> I killed everyone. And, and the game ran out of guards to send in from the street um, to deal with me. Like, that's... But you can just wander around and listen to this party and try and figure out... Because I think it's only one of the two sisters you actually have to kill. Um, yeah. But you got to figure out which it is. So it's, you know, step one is finding out which which of these costume people is, you know, are the twin sisters and then figuring out among the two of them, which is the one you have to kill. But they're, they know they're being hunted. So they're being careful. The second game takes place many years later. The, the child, which obviously, you know, you rescue at the end of the, uh, the first game. She's now the empress and there's a coup attempt and you can play either Corvo again, who is a little more killy in Dishonored 2, or you okay. can play the Empress, and she's more stealthy. Oh, cool. So what they did is they, they, they took the option of being the human Cuisinart or the ninja, and essentially split it between two characters, and then they're able to do more with both of those. All right, that makes uh, sense. I went, I went with, with uh, the Empress just for something different. Now, here's the neat thing about this game, and then I'm going to let you talk for a bit. Of course, of course. Um, when I played this game, I had an old rig, and I had to push all of the detail down to absolute minimum, and it gave it this very hand-drawn watercolor look to it. Okay. The game, like it's, it, think of um, think of the like the London docks, mm -hmm. because it's a it's a whale oil economy. Like it's not right. like that's how they power stuff is whale oil. So it's very dirty, and and everything looks like a fisherman's wharf. It's a, it's just kind of nasty city. I mean, I imagine it'd be like, like the the worst version of one of our East Coast cities, like Nova Scotia or something like that. Like you know what I mean? Like it's it'd <laughs> yeah. be like the Victorian hell version of those cities, which are beautiful. But yeah. when you have the uh, the detail pushed down, it gives it this look like someone drew it with 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 pencils and maybe a little okay. watercolor. And then halfway through the game, I I got this high end rig played for five minutes, decided I didn't like the look of it, and pushed it from maximum depth back down to minimum, and never looked back. Huh. So for this game, I did the same thing. I pushed it all the way to minimum, and I love it. And I've seen the game at maximum. It's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, Dishonored 2. But it just looks so much better at minimum, and also has the advantage it plays wicked well. Yeah, that helps. But it's gorgeous to look at, and I highly recommend that anyone who plays either of these games plays at least 10 minutes on minimum detail and you know you may want to tweak it i mean you don't want it so it's grainy and gross but right push push certainly the character detail down and some of that stuff you might actually enjoy it more oh interesting you know so what did you think of this game so actually this is the first time on the podcast where i have not only played both games but beaten both games uh so i'm i'm familiar with dishonored one and i've really enjoyed it uh over the gears this time coming back around to it was kind of nice because I was really looking at it with a fresh set of eyes and I really appreciated the background storytelling that they do just even just in the first level like yeah. the very beginning of the game you're 
dropped off in a, a jolly boat and you're rowed back to shore and up this right, up yeah. this giant boat lock. But even as you're coming in, you can look around at the other ships in the in the harbor, and there's this massive whaling vessel with a whale strung up between its two uh, two top masts, and it's it's just small details like that that I didn't really appreciate. Um, obviously, you you very quickly find out. Oh yes, everything runs on whale. Oh, cool, but you don't necessarily pick up on just the background things that are a lot more subtle, not nearly so heavy-handed, just listening to people talk and really enjoying the atmosphere that's generated by it. And you're absolutely right. This is a, you know, rise of industry, Victorian hellscape, you know, the the sooty soot moths, like all that kind of thing. It's it's rats everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, rats everywhere. It's not a happy game. No, no, no. This was also at a time this is a little bit after the time of like the binary good or evil arbitrary character choices, which yeah. nine times out of 10 in games didn't really have a difference besides what color you were at the end of the game. Yeah. But they did a really nice job with this in, it's still a binary decision of do I kill people or do I not kill people? But it's a lot more organic than just picking a conversation option on a, uh, on a dialogue tree. Yeah. where this also actually has an impact on the world. The more people you kill, the more rats there are wandering around in the city and the more right, difficult yeah. it winds up becoming for you later on. Yeah. So it it does reward you for being uh, this sort of paragon of uh, morality, but by the same token, it's it's completely up to you. Like You're not getting punished for it. It's just changing the way that the game plays. Yeah, and it's... Um... The neat thing is, is that as you go, you, you learn about this plague and you learn about how the city has dealt with it. And you see how the city's dealt with it, that the wealthy have sort of carried on living their high life. And, and the people, you know, the, the, the working poor are left to literally die in the streets. Uh, conveniently, there are no bodies around because of the rats. But the rat, like it's like you can actually I seem to recall at one point in the first game. Is I, I played the second game for this. Uh, I seem to recall you can actually summon rats and it's super weird and there's there's a supernatural element to it at one point you come across a witch voiced by susan sarandon mm-hmm. which i didn't realize like i was listening and like she sounds familiar and then i looked it up like holy crap yeah it's susan sarandon was that and, uh, granny regs yes oh really uh, i didn't know that and, was her yeah the outsider is kind of like this i don't know what would you call them a god who's because he's sort of there giving you powers and feeding you information but he's also screwing with you yeah um, he's he's a q yeah, he's, he's very much Q from Star Trek. You're absolutely right. Um, I got to tell you, though, what I love most about this game isn't the game, it's the world. Mm. Modifius, which makes role-playing games, they actually made a core rulebook for a dishonored role-playing game. And it's oh, got cool. all the all the background that it got from Arcane and that was expanded upon. And it's, I mean, I don't own the hardcover because it's pretty expensive, but I went and got I went and bought the PDF and I super enjoy it. Oh, um, that's awesome. Yeah, like I, I would actually not mind doing a tabletop role-playing game that takes place somewhere in this world. Maybe not necessarily Dunwall, which is the city we've been talking about. Maybe in the prettier places we see in in uh, the second game. But you know, this is a sort of game that I'm willing to power through despite my problem with being you know, first person. But between that and Battlefield 2042, I got to solve that problem because <laughs> I'm missing out on some amazing games, including this one. But this is a game you should absolutely get if you don't if you like a first person stabber game and you like a good story and a good world. This is for you. Yeah, very much so. This is 
a fantastic game on a lot of different fronts like it's not it's not inaccessible it makes itself like it is very it's not super well suited to like a novice person who has never played video games before but it doesn't take a whole lot for you to be able to really get into it figure it out understand the controls and be able to you know, really start to wrap your head around it yeah um, and, and that first level in both games is super awesome because it, it makes for a great tutorial yeah. but it's not a tutorial in the sense of someone whispering in your ear they give you an objective that's honest to god part of what you need to do Mm-hmm. And they simply, you know, sort of like the standard thing where you have to make a run for it in a, in a first-person shooter, and conveniently you have to duck here and jump here and then slide yeah. here. It's that sort of thing, but it works. Yeah, and so absolutely. By the, time, by the time you're 20 minutes into this game, you know how to play it. You're good. Yeah, it it does a great job of giving you the organic tutorial. Um, there's only a couple of times where, like, a big dialogue prompt will pop up and say, press this to do this. And yeah. fine, you know what? We have to make some conceits because not everything can be perfectly organically taught in every single game. Some some games have done a great job of it, but it is what it is. There comes a uh, point, yeah. Yeah, but for the most part, they did an outstanding job of just teaching you how to play a game. Yeah, yeah. So are you going to go back, play them again? Yeah, I I think that I'll probably wind up going through and, and playing Dishonored 1 again. And, you know, as the next time I see Dishonored 2 on a Steam sale, I'll probably pick it up as well. So yeah, you know, Dishonored Two at this point, you know, you know, you're you're just getting the next part of the story, and I super hope they go for Dishonored Three. I really, really do. I happen to think this game would work better in third person, but it's a game I'm willing to accept in the first person. That's fair. So, so yeah, there it is. There it is. 